A lot of the movie was shot on this sailboat. My pal and colleague Alan Shope recently reported on a new indie film made in the Blue Springs area, and it's making history. It's not the easiest thing to understand initially. Latawana is the first film sold with NFTs, non-fungible tokens. And listen, if you're as confused as I was about NFTs, stick around. I found myself restless in a place where anyone can do as they please. It is a fascinating look at the future of the movie business digital currency and how we may all end up eventually buying everything from music to art and even movies with NFTs. to seeing us on the evening news. This conversation is different. I'm Haley Harrison. This is KMBC Nine Storytellers. Joining me on the pod today is... I am Trevor Hawkins. Director, writer, and photographer. Sure, yeah, I'm Nathan Kincaid. Co-producer and co-owner. And I'm, I'm Tucker. That's Tucker Adams, digital advisor. Their movie, Latawana, is out later this year, and it's the first in history sold and premiered through NFTs. They joined me to explain what that means. Well, before we get started with all of the NFT questions, because there are many, Trevor, I want you to go ahead and just tell me a little bit about this movie, Latawana. You wrote and directed this movie? Yep. So the movie Latawana is um, my first feature film, and it's about a young couple that are kind of fed up with their normal existence, maybe the super superficial and materialistic side of life, and they defi- they decide to... Uh, sort of reinvent themselves and start a new life on out, on out on a sailboat and search for something a little bit more real. Well, maybe because of a bit of their lack of preparedness, the their world that they built kind of crashes down on them. And so the whole movie exists as sort of a thought experiment to the viewer as can we rewrite our own rules of modern existence or does society operate its way for a reason? It very much, that theme was very much something I was dealing with at the time that I was writing it kind of the interface between like splendid isolation and grand adventure and into the wild vibes versus where does the rubber meet the road for like real life decisions like where do you like have to have money to raise a family so uh it's just a really interesting boundary that I've always been fascinated by and that's what the movie sort of revolves around sort of like idealism and realism that's you put it better than I did (laughs) Um, so when did you start writing? Uh, we, I actually wrote the film in 2014. So quite a while ago, and we just finished up the edit, um, middle to late of last year. So it's only been done recently. Well, um, so were you impacted by the pandemic? How did that uh, affect the the whole production or post-production process? Fortunately, uh, the pandemic did not slow post-production down at all. So we didn't really feel it Latawana-wise. We've all felt it professionally in what we did. Uh, We all work in uh, filmmaking on the advertising side of things. And uh, our industry definitely took a hit. But we're very lucky because we didn't take as hard of a hit as a lot of industries did. People had had it way worse off in the pandemic than we did. So we were very fortunate in that regard. And the movie didn't miss a beat. We actually had more time to edit. So can um, Nathan, you tell me a little bit about um, how difficult it is to get a independent film made, period, but also doing it outside of Hollywood, doing it right here in the middle of the country. Does that uh, pose any advantages or any challenges? Yeah, I think the thing is like, uh, because we, we kind of work on the top tier of commercial production in Kansas City, uh, and we were already kind of doing that. Um, we know, we know how to do 
to make a film. Uh, and because we make many films, you know, commercials all the time. Uh, so the, the real thing is that in Kansas City, we basically just say the bench isn't as deep. You know, you've got an A-team crew, um, but you just, you don't have 45 for each position like you would in, in LA. Um, so we actually, um, because we wanted to try to stand out from the pack, uh, we took on more challenges than our normal. Like we did a lot of things that they say you're not supposed to do in a, in a first film or really any, any film like shooting on the water, for example, presents a ton of cha challenges. We worked with animals, we worked with kids. Um, and then to, to increase the production value, we put a camera anywhere we could affix it to and, Trevor was diving underwater with the camera at times. Like, uh, yeah, we, we did everything we could for that. What, what we really discovered is that it's probably harder to, um, uh, well, the market's just oversaturated. So that's kind of another topic. But in terms of making the film here, like I would say an advantage is you're not getting, uh, if, you, if you shoot a film in LA, the police can shut you down even if you're shooting at your own house. You have to have a permit to shoot at your own house is what I've, how I understand it. Uh, we were able to shoot at a ton of locations and people were just excited to be a part of it. So that was, that's definitely an advantage of shooting here. And Nathan, when did you guys start shooting? Well, that's another thing. So once uh, we, on the front end, we entertained uh, what they call a pre-sale where basically somebody buys your movie ahead of time um, on on the bond that you're going to deliver it by a certain date. Um, but those people, uh, they had then their own uh, demands such as uh, certain talent that they wanted to be in it. And suddenly it was like, oh my God, we're only gonna be able to afford like a 15 day shoot. And it just felt like we were setting ourselves up um, not for success, not necessarily failure, but not for success. And so we, um, we entertained a lot of those options. And then once we decided that we were going to find a way to self-finance the movie, then we said, well, okay, let's do some things that other uh, movies wouldn't do. So the first thing we did uh, was we decided that we would shoot in every season of the year. Um, and this is before Boyhood. So <laughs> I can say that much. Boyhood, yeah. the movie where they shot over the course of what, it was 20 years, right? Like the link later film right years, I think yeah but um link is an independent too so it makes sense but uh yeah we so we shot in the winter and then we waited until the summer to pick up production again and then we went uh from summer to um into fall but so actual production days i think it ended up being in like 35 production days spread out in 2019 uh no that was that was not 2019, actually. That was a couple of years ago. Yeah. And then also because of the way that Trevor shoots, and it's a very, it's a very naturalistic film. It's shot in a kind of cinematic documentary style. So um, there were, there was like 70 hours of footage that Trevor had to get down to. And I think the first cut he tried to show us was like eight hours. We were like, all right, when's lunch? Um, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, we eventually got it down, but the, the thing is, I mean, we're, 
Kansas City filmmakers. And so we just wanted to come out on this first one and make it just make it take our time with it. There was no deadline to rush for. Uh, there was no no one to appease. It, the only people we had to please were, were ourselves. So we didn't care if it was going to take um, a long time. We just wanted it to be great. And so you started shooting in 2018, would it have been? No, gosh, Trevor, what was it? <laughs> Unmute. Uh, we started shooting in 2015, finished oh the goodness. edit last year. And yeah. Yeah, 70 hours of footage takes a while. And then also we, we had day jobs too. You know, we were still making commercials and stuff. So it takes a while. Right. But, the, but also because of that, um, we made a decision early on with uh, production design to make it timeless. So when you see it, you really don't see it. If you see any technology, it's vintage. And because they're like doing their thing on a boat, you know, there's not cell phones and stuff in, in the movie. So it, you can't, by design, you can't pin down uh, the year. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Trevor, tell me about, Nathan talked about the um, challenges of shooting on water. What are a few of those? Why is that not recommended? Uh, well, we dunked a camera. <laughs> on purpose or accident? Uh, accidentally dunked one of our cinema cameras. I was, I shot the film as well. And so I was leaning over the side of the boat and uh, I was hovering the camera down the hole like, like I was shooting down the hole of the sailboat, like just above the water level and a rogue wave came and splashed the camera and we had to send it off to get repaired. And we shot the rest of the movie on a friend's camera. We actually had the same camera, so it worked out great, but yeah, that's, that's what can happen. <laughs> that's kind of a nightmare situation if you're a filmmaker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, I started, I grew up filming wakeboarding so I was, I'm no stranger to filming on water and on boats and stuff. So that was just sort of a fluke thing, I guess. <laughs> at one point, Tucker, Tucker's a rock climber. And at one point he strapped me to a rock climbing harness and hoisted me up to the top of the mast to get a shot looking straight down. That's incredible. So uh, did you shoot most of this or did, was there a principal photographer as well? Um, I shot it all. Wow. It's beautiful, by the way, oh, what I've seen of it. It's, it's just breathtakingly beautiful. Um, all right, I wanna, I wanna bring Tucker in here a little bit. Um, Trevor talked about the sort of, we talked about the idealism, realism part of, of this, that, that's at the heart of this movie. Um, when you started thinking about unconventional ways to sell this movie, were you also thinking at all about sort of the themes at play in this movie? Or was this just like, let's just think out of the box? I mean, it was one of those opportunistic moments where I saw something developing in the world of crypt that fit us as a group. Um, it, it was kind of like serendipitous that we were able to kind of like transition our whole theme and like style of the movie into this like organic and new world that's kind of developing in the crypto space. Um, whenever I initially was kind of like understanding the scope of everything that was happening. You know, I, I've seen a lot of musicians that have been making their, their career or like transitioning their career into crypto selling as NFTs. And, you know, the, the cinematic approach hadn't quite been taken yet. And so um, since we had a complete movie and we were really lightweight, we didn't have any other investors that were like driving the direction of the film. Um, 
it was just like one of those moments where I like I called Trevor and I was just like, dude, <laughs> this is this is an opportunity that we could take and we would like we have new where it could go, but it it could be huge. So <laughs> Okay, so break it down for me. What on earth is an NFT? You want it, Tet? Uh I mean, you wanna go? I'll, I'll give it a stab and then you jump in if I go astray. All right, Trevor, take it away. Non-fungible tokens, what is that? All right, if you feel like it's a bit counterintuitive and hard to understand, you're not alone. Pretty much everybody feels that way. Um, it's essentially all pretend in the way that money's all pretend. It has value because people give it value. And an NFT is a non-fungible token that exists on the blockchain. And the reason why this is important is the blockchain for the first time ever is a uniform set of code that exists throughout the planet. So if anybody tries to tamper with it or falsify it, there's alarm bells and other computers will alert that this is the incorrect version of the blockchain. And so there's only one blockchain in existence. And why that's significant for artists is because throughout time, Say if Dolly were to paint a painting, he has one physical painting that he can literally hand to a gallery and say, this is my painting, sell it for what it's worth. And there's only one, it's easy to quantify that specific object. Um, but enter the 21st century and now we have lots of digital art that can be rep reproduced an infinite number of times on Google. That painting that Dolly took or painted can be put online and now it's just exists everywhere and those copies are all worthless and so with the blockchain what an artist can do is upload a digital piece of art and the blockchain will verify that one you're the artist and this is your original work and will always be so essentially for the first time in history you can have an original piece of digital art and that's huge for anyone that cares about authenticity or art collecting or anything. Uh, you can have, say, if you make a cat meme, you can make the very first cat meme. And just like all the other digital recreations across the internet, those aren't worth anything because those are just digital recreations. This is the original one. And so that just scales up to every form of digital art. We've got, um, digital artists like uh, 3D graphic or 3D animators. And we've got musicians that are releasing albums as NFTs as the first minted version of this ever. And now we're the first feature film of all time to take advantage of this new technology and explore this new frontier. And the blockchain verifies that something is the original because what it attaches a piece of code to it or something like that? Exactly, so when you purchase an NFT, all you're really purchasing is a chunk of code on the blockchain that says you're the owner of the code that belongs to the first version of this piece of digital art ever. And what we're doing is actually a little different, which is why we've been getting a lot of attention is we're taking that a step further. And traditionally, when you buy an NFT, you do not buy the rights to the actual artwork itself. That's a little bit of the counterintuitive part, but uh, the NFT is potentially more valuable than that anyway. Um, but with us, if someone buys one of our NFTs, say if they buy one of our copyright NFTs, then they become a copyright shareholder. So if someone buys an NFT, they get alongside that a, a small share of the movie. And that's never been done before. And we've actually sold a handful. So now we're literally selling shares of our movie online. We've also 
uh, got our world premiere listed as an NFT as well. Traditionally, premieres in the film world are very localized and very exclusive to certain cities and certain groups. And now what we've done is essentially change the program and anyone across the world can join in on our world premiere and be the first person to ever watch this movie in the world. And that's that comes along with one of our world premiere NFTs. And then we've got several other NFTs listed for sale right now as well. We've got some frame grabs, some stills from the movie. And then down the pipe, we've got a whole lot of other things that we plan on releasing as well. We've got a drop plan that we're gonna have um, behind the scenes photos. We're gonna have original scripts. We're gonna have songs from the original soundtrack. We've got a whole behind the scenes making a featurette. We've got all Tucker's making 3D art at real time right now uh, as sort of collectibles that are all gonna be sold in this NFT space. And that was step one for us. Step two is we're not, now that we've made history and to be the first film that's ever taken a risk like this to become a legacy token is essentially what we're turning into because people really care about the firsts in these spaces. Like our NFTs are going to get more and more value over time because the more and more the market floods, the more and more people are going to care about the original Elon Musk tweet, the original Jack Dorsey tweet, the first albums, the first movie that was released in these spaces. And so we're hoping to build on that and look forward to now we want to actually fund future films with these nfts and that's sort of the next step of what we're trying to do here the end goal is to raise enough money to make another movie because as anybody knows it takes an army and a whole bunch of money to do our art and it's we always have to get creative about raising the funds to do that and that's yeah. what we're really hoping to show full circle be a case study in real time that we can show hollywood and the whole film industry that this is a viable path for the future of filmmakers making history yeah um so tucker can you explain to me what the what the blockchain is is is, is that a is that a website <laughs> what is that uh no the blockchain is just a string of transactions that verify when something has transferred from one person to the next and uh it's spread across multiple machines uh that verify each transaction and so that's where you know, if you're the owner of an NFT, it's it's put onto the blockchain and verified by every single other computer or machine that's connected to the blockchain. So nobody can like alter or change that information. And so if someone, you guys have, I, I saw a thousand uh, rights shares to your movie uh, being sold for a thousand dollars a piece. So if someone purchases one of those NFTs, they then, in a sense, become like a co-owner of your film. Am I understanding this correctly? Stop me if I'm getting any of this wrong. Um, okay. And so then do they, do they share in the profits at all? Or what does, that, what does that mean to become a co-owner? It means exactly what it sounds like. So we're selling the rights to own the theatrical cut of the movie Lottawana. And so what that means is if anybody is, is to buy one of these copyright NFTs, then just alongside us, Team Lottawana, they join the team and become a shareholder alongside with us. And with that comes uh, rights to vote in decisions for the movie. Like whenever distribution comes around, you get to vote on that and uh, profit shares of the movie as well. We've kind of been explaining it a little bit like, um, Investing in a part ownership of an indie film has never been a get rich quick scheme for anybody. And we know that 
the the struggle we're one indie film and a legion of indie films getting released every year and so the counterintuitive bit is is think of the share of the movie is almost like a bonus because people can opt in if they want but the real value is owning that nft itself that's the thing that's going to exist forever and that's the thing that's always going to raise in value because once this movie is has sort of had its theatrical run or had its distribution run films kind of just have a tendency to just land places where revenue just trickles in throughout time and they don't really raise in value but this nft is a is a game changer like this operates completely differently so we've been telling everybody that yeah you get to become a shareholder which is really cool and and if the movie turns a profit you'll get some of that you get to vote you get to be a part of our team it's exciting but the real value of what you're investing in is that NFT itself. And so Nathan, I assume that um, you guys were very calculated in deciding how many of these NFTs to to have, to sell for this movie. Uh, you're doing a thousand of the rights shares. So um, why not do a hundred thousand? Does it lose its sort of exclusivity or value the more um, units that there are? Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, scarcity makes something valuable. Um, and so, yeah, we just had a quick conversation about what just kind of made sense to us. And, you know, like Trevor's saying, all these added value things, those were trying to help us even, um, because we, we knew the people that would hear about it in Kansas city and stuff, and they wouldn't like us probably initially grasp the full on token aspect of it. So we took it as an opportunity to, um, like Trevor was saying, try to do something new within, within the industry and allow ourselves to be guinea pigs to see if, if it is going to work. And so when it came to valuation, we were like, man, let's just make the math as simple as possible. And we also didn't know which tokens over time would be more valuable. So that's why one is a thousand or, you know, there's a thousand shares um at a thousand that also then values the movie at a million bucks if if we got a million bucks for our first film we'd be we'd be thrilled so that was people are asking them about asking us about piracy and stuff like that and that that's a challenge that any film deals with um but we were basically comfortable with that number being like then the movie can be out of our hands and we're fine with it um and then the ticket sales so you know yeah we just it just sounded like a good number that made sense. And then we did the screen grabs for $1. So we can, we have easy math that, that other people that are watching us, and there are a lot of people seeing what is going to happen. We made it as easy as possible for everybody to track what's going on. So you guys are getting some attention from Hollywood, other filmmakers already? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Trevor, Trevor's like uh, doing a couple interviews a day at this point. Uh, we've worked pretty exciting. We've got IndieWire releasing a story on us tomorrow, and that's that's pretty big for us. Nathan, part of you as the producer of this has to be also thinking, um, you know, yes, this is a new um, creative way to sell this movie. Also, we could be the first, which means we'll get some extra attention, which means we might have a better chance of, you know, telling more people about this movie, which is ultimately what you want to, right? I mean, there's a marketing element to it, sure? A hundred percent. We've already won in a way because just to fight through the noise, uh, quick factoids for you. Uh, 
in the 20th century, there were typically between 20 and 30,000 movies made per decade. Um, in the, uh, in the 21st century, the first decade, there were 90,000 movies made that decade. And last decade, there were 190,000 movies made. So, you know, the other thing is you've got people's eyeballs being competed over and you've got things like Game of Thrones is one thing, but it has how many units over how many years. And so it's, it's a real challenge to fight that's through what, the noise. That's, that's what you're talking about, oversaturation. 100%. So um, this, it's just, it's just every independent filmmaker has always had to try to find an audience. That's the phrase that's always used, find your audience. Everyone tells us once we, there, we know that there's an audience out there for our film. It's just fighting through the noise um, to get them to see it. And so right now, people aren't even really talking a lot about our actual film. They're just talking about the historic context, which is what is the value of the NFT. Um, but we know that, uh, you know, soon um, we may do a, we may do a critic screening or something like that. Um, but eventually people will realize like, this isn't a crappy movie. This is a really good independent film that came out of the Midwest and that it'll have second legs as a story at that point. We feel like, you're saying come for the nfts but stay for the movie <laughs> man do you want to work on our pr team <laughs> yeah. this is all free it's all you know um <laughs> uh so okay and to be clear because my money on, or my mind only knows money uh you when you buy an nft you don't get anything tangible right there's not like a certificate or right or am i getting that wrong yeah, that's, that's correct. But uh, again, we've talked about, uh, for our, our own sake of wrapping our heads around it, offering uh, something tangible, you know, this real world added value. So, um, and we, we're working with uh, legal uh, to figure out how to pair, you know, these real world guarantees that we're offering with this NFT. But, you know, yeah, we thought um, as added value, like not only are you the first thousand people to see the movie at the world premiere, but we give them like a, you know, um, a, a one of a kind digital ticket stub or something. But, but yeah, it, the real value of it is it's not like going to the grocery store and spending a thousand dollars for something. It's, this is a completely different thing. You're getting the, the token. Interesting. Yeah. So when is this movie premiering? So we're going to release publicly to the world. The movie will be released uh, later this year, probably late fall, early winter. And so we're kind of taking it day by day, step by step. All we know for sure is that our world premiere will be released to the actual world premiere holders uh, sometime before that. And so how will people eventually be able to see your movie and i assume based on this conversation that instead of buying a ticket in a traditional theater they're going to go online they're going to buy an nft to view it right right so yeah so uh, what's what is kind of ironic is that the themes of the movie like i was talking about are all about sort of creating a new path and exploration and how that really meets like what was how was how'd you put it idealism versus meets realism that's yeah. so good uh so that's we didn't plan on that 
theme carrying through to how we get the movie out into the world. This is totally something that just feels like, I've been saying we feel like Cowboys on a new frontier. We don't know what's gonna happen, but we're really excited about where we're going. And we're already thinking about ways we can even challenge the existing distribution uh, system. So um, if we make money that we're satisfied, like if we pay the movie off and have a good start towards movie number two, which is ultimately our end goal, we may decide to do something wild like distribution. We may take a traditional route. This is something that we all have to figure out, but we've even kicked around the idea of even potentially being one of the first notorious films to even release the movie for free out into the world, just to maybe see what happens there. We haven't decided on that, but that's just one thing that we're right now we're we, we're the first movie of all time to release as an NFT. We have no rules at this point. We can, we're going to see what happens. <laughs> you get to write the rules essentially by being the first. Exactly. And what's actually also cool about this whole NFT space, which is why we're really excited about it, is um, most artists and musicians are, are really excited about it as well. And jumping on the bandwagon is because it's kind of creates a sustainable path for artists. Any artist or musician knows how hard it is and how much of yourself you have to sell to keep your art alive and keep your dream alive. And whenever someone buys an NFT of ours or anyone's, you can set a commission price. And right now the industry standard is 10%. So that's what we went with. And so anytime one of our NFTs changes hands in the future, we get a 10% kickback from the sale of that NFT forever, as long as it's changed hands. So what that does is that puts more decision-making power in our hands and more money in our pockets to keep living this lifestyle that we're doing. That's really cool. And um, I just love the fact that it was was filmed right here in this in this region, right there on Lake Lottawana. Uh, Trevor, you're talking to us from, from your home on Lake Lottawana, right? Yep, I'm at Lake Lottawana right now, and we shot half here, half at Lake Chacoma, which is just a couple miles down the road, and then a handful of other lakes around Missouri as well have a couple scenes where they pop in here and there. Yeah. Well, it's really cool, and listen, if I can understand what an NFT is, anybody can understand, wrap their head around this concept. It's, it's actually not terribly complicated once you... Uh, have someone who can explain it like the three of you have to me. So I thank you guys for that so much. Awesome. Awesome. If anybody's interested in seeing what we're doing, checking out the movie itself, or even purchasing any NFTs, it can all be found on our website. It's just LottawanaMovie.com. If you just Google Lottawana any way you can guess to spell it and put movie after it, I'm sure you'll find it. But it's L-O-T-A-W-A-N-A, LottawanaMovie.com. And that's got our trailers, our posters, images, contact, uh, and our NFTs as well.